0: We feel paralyzed by fear and body hatred. to take charge of whom you really are and to live the life you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Laura Redmond.
1: Welcome back to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redmond, and it is a true joy to bring you information every week From the most inspiring people in their fields, um, people that really are living what they're teaching, and who are out in the world helping everyone become more embodied and happier and more soulfully connected to their full self. So today is a great honor. I'm with Barbara Close, who I'm going to introduce formally in a moment. And with respect to full disclosure, Barbara is a friend of mine, as well as someone who I have had such respect for in the industry of wellness, and who I met in my early career in New York City. Formerly speaking, wait till you hear this woman's life so far, Barbara Close is the founder and the CEO of Naturopathica. She is a wellness innovator, an author, and educator. Barbara is a lifelong practitioner of the healing arts. She has a master's degree in therapeutic herbalism from the Maryland University of Integrative Health and holds credentials in aesthetics, advanced massage, and aromatherapy. Barbara has been a pioneering product architect for more than 20 years, creating skin care, body products, ingestibles, and holistic health treatments that inspire individuals on their path to well-being. Barbara has authored two books. She is a recognized leader in the wellness industry and has been an expert resource for media outlets, including the New York Times, Vogue, Forbes, Well and Good, New Beauty, and American Spa. Barbara holds degrees and certificates from Williams College, the Maryland University of Integrative Health, the New Mexico Academy of Advanced Healing Arts, and the International Derma Institute. Welcome, Barbara, close to the show. Hello, Laura Redman. How are you? I wondered how that felt to hear your your official bio. I mean, that's a lot of inspiring and very um, influential Pieces in one story that is their bio. How did
2: that feel to hear that? It felt like 20 years plus (laughs) (laughs) of an inspired journey through the healing arts, which, you know, started out with me doing social work, actually, which not a lot of people know. And then You know how the way life is, one thing just evolves into another. So uh, it felt great to hear that bio, actually, but it also puts a smile on my face at, at, you know, what an incredible journey it's been. Mm. When were you
1: in the social work field? And remind me what your focus was.
2: Right after I got out of college, I did social work in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, in the Berkshires, and I was working with um, a pretty challenging demographic of, of uh, at a women's health center, working with battered women and women who were on public assistance and trying to transition back to the world of work. And I started getting massage as a way to deal with my personal stress and just fell in love with it. Uh, I just thought it was so powerful that in you know the span of an hour you could help people get out of their head and reconnected to their body and their emotions and and it could be such a profound effect so I I packed up everything I owned in those days, which I think was, you know, a futon, a cassette deck, and a cat, and moved to Santa Fe, which (laughs) is the home of all things new age and natural, right? (laughs) And that's where I really started uh, studying herbal medicine and massage therapy, and that was really my beginning. Yeah,
1: and that's a time for people listening that this sort of – language of wellness um, was not mainstream, you know. you you could find a good massage if you were lucky, yeah. but the whole concept of integration and bringing in herbalism to that sort of world was not happening. So you are you are a a true pioneer in this industry, and now it's unbelievable to see this. Healing Arts Center and Spa that you've opened in New York City in the Chelsea District you also have an incredible place that's out on Long Island um, one of the most beautiful healing arts centers and spas in East Hampton called Nat- Naturopathica and, and I want to know more about these locations and how they inspire you and how they profile your current message in the industry of wellness mm,
2: well You know, I think before I talk about my healing arts centers, I should talk about my inspiration for them, because you're right, when I started uh, in the 80s um, in Santa Fe with my studies, there weren't even really very many spas in America. I mean, there was the Golden Door and a few sort of destination spas, and there was Elizabeth Arden. You remember the old beyond behind the red door it was yeah. a sort of luxurious pampering experience but i was really interested in in something much different and that was because i growing up i had a very eccentric aunt who lived outside of paris she she was a real a real uh, iconoclast if you will when she was in her 20s she eloped with Preston Sturges the Hollywood director and moved to Greenwich Village and you know created sort of a stir with her family and then she moved to Paris and and she was very interesting because she didn't practice any allopathic medicine she was a, a student of homeopathy And when I became a teenager, I thought, well, this is who I want to go spend the summers with. So I would go over to visit her. And she would love to, like, take the mineral waters and the mud treatments at some of the, you know, destination spas in in Europe. And she loved to go visit these little uh where they would custom blend a calendula cream if you had dry skin would make you a valerian tea if you had trouble sleeping, and that whole aspect of nurturing yourself with natural therapies, Laura, was really my inspiration. Uh, You know, in Europe, there's a whole lineage of natural healing that, unfortunately, has really been lost in America with the rise of antibiotics and and what I would call symptom management of prescriptive drugs. Uh, People have really lost that connection of, you know, the backyard or the kitchen being the home apothecary. So when I, I started our first healing arts center in nineteen ninety five in East Hampton I wanted to create a place where people could come in and get connected to the ancient arts of aromatherapy and herbal medicine and, you know, understand how a eucalyptus inhalation could help clear your sinuses or how a hydrotherapy treatment could help with muscle soreness and, and how, you know, calendula can be a, a wonderful wound healing herb for, for dry skin and, and for rosacea. So it was really a, a passion for, for wellness education. And, and it's been interesting to watch it grow. I mean, I think like a lot of young entrepreneurs, you sort of stumble along it and make mistakes. I had no idea what the Hamptons was uh, back then. Uh, I just opened up out there because I was dating someone at the time that, that lived in the Hamptons. And, you know, the first week Martha Stewart wandered in and wrote and us up and the rest was sort of took off from there. So it's, it's been an interesting journey.
1: Well, and you are such an artist because not only do you help really heal. the the deeper sides of someone's issues, but your aesthetics when you walk into one of Barbara's centers, it is so worth a destination trip to get there because the beauty, the sensual beauty and the senses are all met by these spaces that you create, so there's a real talent that you have that could very well be in design, so tell
2: me. Thank you. I I tease my COO and say I'm a Frustrated designer, (laughs) but, you know, it's also evolved over the years. I mean, when we first launched Naturopathica in East Hampton, it looked like an old European pharmacy because that was really my inspiration, the old apothecary. And then with the opening of our, our Chelsea Center, which opened in December of 2015, I wanted to really step into what I call 21st century wellness I really bring it forward as to what I see um, this next uh, century of wellness is about, which is about personal transformation and really our centers being a place for self-discovery, where you can come in and you know we have a, a vitality bar where we serve herbal tonics and elixirs, and those are uh, made with um, Uh, kombucha and cold pressed, I'm sorry, cold pressed juices that we have on tap and we mix those with spices and medicinal herbs to work Mm. with a variety of imbalances like a turmeric muscle and joint elixir or a radiant skin tonic for um, for inflammation in the skin. So uh, the Vitality Bar is staffed by an herbalist and this allows people to come in and present imbalances that they want to talk about on a deeper level with that herbalist and explore with them. In the back of the center, we offer massage therapy and holistic skin care. We have a, a, a sensory meditation lounge, which you come in and um, all, it, surrounded in the room is a, a, an image. Uh, you could be hiking in the Himalayas or you could be uh, in a forest. And we have aromatherapy that matches those visuals in the room. And that's because I'm a, a big believer that, and I know you support this, too, that the healing journey really begins with mindfulness. You've got to really listen. Uh, we have meditation classes at our center, and we allow our guests to come in either before and after their treatment and sit in that sensory and meditation lounge to just hit the pause button. And, and one of the funniest things is opening the center in New York City is I think that's the, the room that, that most excites people uh, because it really, um, you know, I think because New Yorkers are, are nature-deprived in general, but I think they really uh, really get the, the powerfulness, if you will, uh, of that room. But the, the outside retail area is much like an herbal apothecary. So we have a variety of different bulk herbs and teas. We we sell over 20 essential oils. We have herbal tinctures. And it's really going back to what I think is the root of spa, which is not pampering with you know fancy chandeliers and luxurious uh, uh, upholstered furniture, which is, which is wonderful. I, I like to have those experiences too. But it's really about wellness education. So if somebody comes in with a stiff neck, we're going to give you our, our turmeric muscle and joint elixir. We're going to do our arnica deep tissue. Massage. We're going to show you how to do some stretches and how to use sweet birch magnesium, uh, bath flakes, uh, as a hydrotherapy treatment at home. So it's, it's really, um, viewing wellness in this sort of 360 degree approach and, and inspiring, uh, different, as I said, that, that sense of self-discovery when people come in. Well, I'm so,
1: I can just imagine I'm um, certain people are drawn into your space, not only because they may walk by and see it, because they've read about it, heard about it, or they're just wondering what is in there, but what would be some of the things you hear when those new pair of eyes walk in and there are new people drawn into this center, but they've been in this world and we all know the word wellness. We've seen these spas that are typical and, and somewhat of a Starbucks of spas, but But what do you you hear people say when they experience what you just described, which is not something you do find in the United States?
2: Mm -hmm. You know, I think people are so excited uh, when they stumble upon us. I mean, I I should mention that most people find us because our – our botanical-based skincare products and herbal remedies are sold at 400 destination spa doors around the country. So a lot of times people will, you know, have a treatment somewhere else and then find out about us and, you know, get on our website and learn more about us and come visit us when they come to New York. But for the average layman that, that trundles down 26th Street and finds us in Chelsea, um, they come in and they get so excited, and and I do too, because personal empowerment is really you know what I think the healing process is about. I think one of the things that's been um, disheartening about. The traditional allopathic model is that people are so disempowered in their own healing, and um, you know one of the wonderful things about uh, natural health is you're in the driver's seat. You know you're learning all these different wellness rituals that can create optimum well-being and. That makes the most sense to me. I mean, you, you're the one who best understands your body, how you feel after you eat certain foods, how you, uh, you know, best experience a, a good night's sleep and, and the learning about the things that promote that, whether it's an aromatherapy bath or whether that's a, a Valerian tea or, you know, all these different ways that you can work with imbalances. And so that's that's what we really see ourselves as is just a, an agent of change to inspire people with with different remedies and rituals on their path to well-being.
1: You'll love this quote I saw um, sometime during my research for the show with you, and the quote reads, we can't heal what we don't acknowledge, but acknowledgement can be painful and takes work, so we need effective tools and safe spaces where all feel welcome." And that mm. was a quote by Lama Rob Owens, Lama Owens. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to think about taking responsibility for your own embodiment and your own life and your own ways of being in the world from the most optimal spot, both soulfully right. and, and physically and certainly mentally. And so right. I think one of the things that's worth exploring a little deeper with you is that when you create modern solutions for living in stressful times, there are so many parts of it that can be utilized in a daily format from someone just making different choices. And it's no surprise to me that that meditation room is one of the great attractions in your space because if you live in Manhattan, you're at a, you're, you're working on a different frequency. You're going at a fast mm-hmm. pace. You're always going to be uh, seduced by something visually. Your ears are always on alert and, and loudly being um, fed. So then all of a sudden you go into this room and you completely drop into the Himalayas or the rivers, or you look at an image right. that takes you to somewhere so different. So that right there, that mindfulness that you talked about is the beginning of it all. I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that we are now being taught to quote meditate and that word is overused just as we see these Starbucks spas. But Well Meditate really all it- or
2: mindfulness. I think mindfulness is is bandied about a lot too. It's it's in danger of becoming like the word natural. It becomes meaningless.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that what happens is we then become even more detached from what the real meaning is. So let's just say you were going to give a listener uh, a home remedy for starting their path of mindfulness, something they can do in their homes when they get up in the morning or in the middle of the day or at night. What would be something that would be an idea that you would have for that sort of mindful practice and, and we can call it just a centering practice to get away from that word. But what would mm-hmm. be something that comes to you that would be useful for someone who's just really amped out and does not have that connection yet?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, one of, one of the easiest things for me is to do it first thing in the morning, um, you know, to just grab the yoga mat or grab an area of the floor and I think aromatherapy is incredibly powerful. You know, aromatherapy is one of the most ancient healing practices of using smell to wake up our, our hind brain, if you will. And this is a very primal Part of the brain, but a very powerful part. You know, when you inhale certain essences, what happens is those essential oils bind to the limbic system, um, which is you know like this great railway station of memory and emotion in our brain. So when you smell something like. You might have a flashback of making cookies with your mother with that being a warm and nurturing time or when you smell something like peppermint, it can, you know, be very um, energizing to the mind. So that ability to awaken or relax the mind is very powerful. So it's very simplest to, you know, just sit up in bed and to use uh, essential oils, whichever ones gravitate to you. It may be the the grounding essences like sandalwood and vetiver, or it may be more the energizing essences like basil and rosemary. But to put a couple drops on those hands, just simply rub your hands together to uh, basically volatile um, the oils. And close your eyes and take a deep Uh, breath, what I call an eight-count breath. So, four counts on the inhalation, pause for a beat, and four counts on the exhalation. And to do that three to five repetitions, you'll be amazed at how you can alter not only your breathing rate, but your anxiety level. Um, And I think that is an entranceway then for expanding that meditation practice, that mindfulness practice, and and learning to uh, then just have some quiet time where you can be an active listener to what's coming up. Did you say four counts, inhale, eight exhale? A total of eight counts. So four on the inhale, then pause, Uh. and then four on the exhale.
1: Oh, because what I, I was doing, I you that were,
2: wrong? well, I
1: was just, when you were saying that I was actually doing it and I immediately felt the sense of just calm, relaxed, much more yeah. clear and just centered and right here with you. And I think that is the brilliance of breathing. Even just yeah. counting, because counting can just take you back to the sense of getting yeah. your best inhale, getting your best exhale, and just being with that, even if it's a few minutes. Um, yeah. I wanted I wanted to ask a question about smell, because often now, if I go into a health food store in Portland, Oregon, where I'm based, there are these mega stores that are so fun. I mean, they just have every kind of option that's in <laughs> that well-being possible mm-hmm. category. And in and, and their actual essential oil uh, area of the store, they they tend to have people that are well-educated to help you. So one thing I'm noticing is when they'll say to me, um, oh, what is it you're looking for as an example? And I might say, oh, to just have a little more energy in the afternoon. Well, peppermint is really good for energy. But when I smell peppermint or I put essential oil peppermint under my nose, I feel calmer. I don't feel more energized. So Mm -hmm. my question is, as the consumer, is it best to just go and see what you feel when you smell an essential oil as opposed to someone saying, for energy, use peppermint? I mean, maybe patchouli is going to help me sleep, but someone would tell me that lavender is supposed to make me sleep better. How does one navigate the essential oil world when there are um, identities that are assigned to the smell but for me that might not be the case.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's such an individual thing, right? Like one of the there's certain essences that are really polarizing. One of them is rose. People love it or they can't stand it cuz it reminds them of their grandma. <laughs> That would be me. I don't like that smell at all. Ugh. Yeah. And you know, peppermint, it's interesting that it calms you because peppermint actually um, stimulates the vagus nerve which enervates the stomach and it's it's also an antispasmodic herb. So it can have some sedative properties in, in, in different ways. But you're absolutely right. Essences respond differently from every for everyone. And I think one of the problems that aromatherapy has, in addition to its name, because it sounds sort of frou-frou, but, you know, where it's really phytotherapy is practiced in Europe, it's a, it's a very serious uh, healing art. They actually ingest the essential oils in addition to use them topically, which is something I don't really recommend that people do unless you really know what you're doing. And you can read all sorts of crazy stuff on the Internet. But it's... it's um, it's definitely uh, an individual, um, uh, individual uh, response to each of the essences. So, what's fun is just to go down and to uh, take a couple of oils. I usually recommend to people, you know, pick twelve oils. Start with an easy dozen, and you know, pick some of those base notes. Like the sandalwood, the patchouli, the vetiver, some of the middle notes, which are the herbal notes, like lavender and chamomile, and some of the top notes, which are your your citruses and your florals. Um, Pick four of each of those and take them home and begin to play with them. Notice how you feel after you smell them. Notice how you feel when you combine them. Um, And uh, that can really, you can build a a real repertoire of um, responses and and, uh, enjoyment just starting with those oils and can expand from there. Mm, That sounds so fun to
1: take home 12 oils and experiment. Um, I love that. And and I think that's also true when we feel the pheromone of other. You know, it's interesting to think about how each person has a uh, response and then you think about what smell might attract you to another person because I know it's I I really didn't know that patchouli for example pleased me so much as it does but when I think about it I can remember when I lived in New York and I'd be down on 8th Street there was always a lot of patchouli in the air you know and there were people often wearing it and I would just I'd almost want to follow them down the street you know it has
2: (laughs) that effect on me it's so powerful isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it really is. What are your favorite smells personally? well, I like I like the citrus oils, you know they're they're the happy oils. Uh, children respond to them really well, and I love them. you know, if you've ever, been on an airplane and somebody peels an orange and you're like, oh, my God, you know, it just completely refreshes the air. So things like pink grapefruit and red mandarin, um, lemon verbena, uh, I find all those sparkly, juicy citrus uh, smells to be uh, really energizing and pleasing. They make me happy. And I like to combine them um, with some of the balsamic evergreen scents, you know, like balsam fir and silver fir. And so you get sort of a fresh green citrusy smell to it um, that I really love. So the citrus scents are great because you can add them to your cleaning products. You can um, use them as air fresheners. I like to diffuse them, especially in the mornings. You know, it's good for seasonal affectative disorder here in New York. You've got another gray day, and you diffuse some of those citrus oils. Uh, they really brighten your moods. And mm. they, the other one that I, I do I have to confess, I, I am a lover of rose. There's nothing like a rose <laughs> bath at the end of the day that I think is really wonderful.
1: Ah, that's interesting. You're right how that is a, a strong smell with much opinion. Um, yeah. So I Polarized. was curious. I was curious, you mentioned an airplane, and it's the summertime, and I was recently on an airplane, and I know how much you travel. So what are your little go-tos when you're on a plane? What do you do to make that experience a little less stressful because it's so heightened in all these
2: ways? Yeah, boy, that's for sure. Well, first of all, I try not to travel in the summer because it's so abysmal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if I do have to travel, um, there's a couple of different things that I bring in my DOP kit. Um, One is that um, part, going back to aromatherapy, part of the distillation of essential oils is what we call floral water, so the byproduct of distillation. Uh, So you take these residual waters which have microscopic particles of the essential oils in them, and they're very healing in their own right. So I like to mist a lot with our uh, lavender mist uh, because it's so refreshing and it's hydrating to the skin, and as you know, your skin is very challenged uh, by the uh, dry air. Um, And I also like to use seed oils a lot. Seed oils are vegetal oils that are made just by macerating uh, the seeds. So you can buy them at your health food store, things like evening primrose oil or barrage seed oil. Uh, so before I get on the plane, I, um, after cleansing my skin, will mist with a, a lavender water and then add a couple of drops of carrot seed oil or evening primrose oil because it just, um, one is, full of essential fatty acids, which strengthen the skin barrier and help prevent irritation, but they also seal in moisture. So that's that's probably one of my, my best for, for um, keeping the skin hydrated. And then I always focus on immunity as well because, as you know, there's lots of um, <laughs> stuff flying around on the airplane as well. Wow. So uh, I'm a big believer in adaptogen herbs, which are herbs that help Uh, increase the body's resistance to to stress and disease, uh, and they they boost immunity. So um, we have an oat stress tincture that I uh, always take every morning and night and I travel with, and it has adaptogen herbs like holy basil in it, which just help boost immunity and uh, help to modulate stress. So that's a a big one for me um, to take all the time as well as when I travel.
1: Mm, I love the idea of holy basil.
2: Yeah, that's an Ayurvedic uh, adaptogen herb, and and they're a very interesting class of herbs because um, they were actually researched uh, extensively in Russia in the uh, late 60s and early 70s to try and enhance stamina for astronauts in outer space, so they were looking at ginseng and Uh, Shashandra Berry and Rodelia and some of these different adaptogen herbs and they noticed it not only uh, increased immunity but it also seems to increase your energy Um, but not the way say something like caffeine would work by making you jittery but by basically increasing energy reserves. Uh, They also um, help to uh, improve cognitive performance which I love as I'm getting into the afternoon of life and uh, They also um, help modulate cortisol in the body. So a lot of times when people are having trouble sleeping, um, not necessarily falling asleep but staying asleep, that sometimes can be to fluctuating cortisol levels. So adaptogen herbs are also really helpful for working with insomnia balances as well. And going back to travel, um, you know, adaptogens can be helpful as well for um, jet lag and that type of thing.
1: And what, what is your go-to for inflammation?
2: Turmeric, I know it's the big buzz, herb du jour at the moment, but it is very effective uh, anti-inflammatory for working with systemic uh, inflammation, like for muscle and joint uh, soreness. Um, That would be a good one for you for your stretch appeal classes. Um, Mm -hmm. But topically for inflammation, my go-tos are are really calendula and guticola. Uh, Calendula is an herb that's been in European pharmacopias for under over 100 years, and guticola is an Ayurvedic herb, but they both uh, stimulate wound healing. Uh, So they're um, really helpful for people with um, any kind of eczema or skin sensitivity issues. Um, We use a lot of calendula, guticola, and also the seed oils, like our carrot seed oil.
1: And with the turmeric, would you say, like, if you're having some Greek yogurt with blueberries, would you just say, throw some turmeric on top of that?
2: Well, it depends what you're talking about. Um, You know, most uh, inflammation, tumor can be very effective for things like irritable bowel, uh, those types of digestive inflammatory uh, imbalances. If you want to work on uh, something more systemic in the body, like you're working on sore muscles and you're going to have to move turmeric past the gut, so you want to make sure that you're using a kind of tincture or supplement, excuse me that combines it with black pepper so that it moves through the intestine and actually has a systemic effect on the body. So it's not like with herbal medicine that you can just sprinkle a little bit of an herb over your yogurt or uh, toast and have an effect. You want to make sure, you know, which herbs you're selecting are best for the condition and also have the proper dosaging.
1: Helpful to know. Can you tell us how travel has inspired you? Because I know that you are someone who's seen a lot of the world, and I'd love to know how that has affected your vision for your company and how it has inspired you as an individual.
2: Oh, that's a good question. Well, I, I would have to say, first of all, nature is just the ultimate inspiration for me. I mean, I'm I'm a... Introverted, extrovert, you know, I, I like to uh, work with people and be very out there in my business, but if I don't have my inward time, I completely just fall over. I, you know, I really need that, that time for reflection, and nature is the ultimate balancer, uh, and harmonizer for me. So on the weekends, I'm always, you know, running around with my dogs or I like to go swimming in the Bay or, uh, hike. It's just very important to my overall inspiration. Um, but travel too is, is definitely, uh, an inspiration point. So, you know, I love to go hiking, whether it's in the woods in Maine and I'm looking at different lichen and mushrooms that can be inspiration <laughs> for my product line or, um, my husband and I went to India a few years ago, and we were in, uh, I think we were in Varana- Varanasi up north, and um, I wanted to go to a real traditional Ayurvedic medical clinic, and it was hysterical because we, you know, we got over there, it took us about an hour to get on the other side of the city, and we went in, and it was sort of a funny, small little office, and- doctor ushered us in the back, and we got Ayurvedic massages, which were done on these two wooden tables. They looked like two wooden picnic tables with just a towel <laughs> thrown over them, and they proceeded to slather us in this oil and completely beat up on us, and my husband was, I just heard him grunting next to me, like, thanks a lot, this is really great. <laughs> so there's many points of inspiration. I've been to Baden-Baden and, you know, gone to, or gone to the Knight Center to do the cold foot treading uh, back in the, gosh, I guess I did that in the late 80s because the Knipe uh, hydrotherapy rituals, I I think, are just fascinating. Um, I don't know. I I get my inspiration by going to wherever there's, you know, healing. Um, There's always something to be learned from those traditional healing uh, herbs as well as the rituals that surround them. And and I think, you know, we, we... Westerners get very caught in our our, our thinking that you know everything's got to be scientifically validated. It's got to, Where are the clinicals? And I'm I'm a big believer in science, but I also think that traditional medicine has great validity. When an herb or ritual has been tested for hundreds of years, that has validity to it. And we need to honor that as well.
1: Well, as well as that, you know. Uh- I know that a lot of the ingredients in drugstore or uh, prestigious beauty brands, they don't really do anything for your skin, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's something yeah. to say about educating the consumer yeah. about Absolutely. what you, the, the marketing can just be so seductive and so hopeful and so promising um, yeah. that you don't even understand that what you're actually then using as that product is Counterintuitive to what the big sell on it and the big buzz about it is. So, yeah. could you addri- just address that a little bit so that consumers can understand the value of ingredients when looking for products that are really going to help their skin um, and yeah, make that's them feel been, better?
2: Yeah, it's been one of the most challenging aspects for. My brand, Naturopathica, I never thought I would be in the beauty industry. You know, I was always a a Tom girl or Tom boy. Uh, So I never really was in the cosmetic aisles uh, as a youth. But, you know, the idea of hope in a jar, right? It's the latest miracle ingredient. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that a lot of these brands are created in the boardroom of a marketing agent, like here's the latest hero ingredient. It's, you know, grapefruit seed extract or whatever it is. And they build a whole marketing story behind it. And a lot of the base materials that you find in these skincare products are filled with petrochemical or irritating or in some toxic ingredients. So when I first opened my center in East Hampton, um, all I had were, you know, sixty herbal tinctures and teas, and it really was a little herb shop with um, treatment rooms. But about two years later, I became an esthetician, and then started to develop a skincare line. And I wanted to use my expertise as an herbalist to create skincare products that used herbs to calm down inflammation, because we know, right, primary cause of of aging in the body is inflammation, and the skin is privy to that as well. So every base material we put into our products works in harmony with the skin's natural processes. You know, I use things like oats and aloe and calendula to calm down inflammation in the skin. And at the same time, as an esthetician, I want things to be very uh, effective. So we use things like plant stem cells and uh, peptides and retinols, but we use what I call clean cosmeceuticals so that they're clean base materials that don't um, irritate the skin. So everything works in harmony with the skin's natural processes. You know, if, if your skin is working on putting out inflammation, it's working on pulling collagen and elastin and hyaluronic acid and things that make skin healthy. And so um, this is, has been, you know, really well-received because it's, it's, I think, you know, something that people can really understand in terms of in, ingredients with integrity um, that really have a nutri- nutritive value uh, to the skin.
1: Yeah, and then the money you're spending on that product is really giving you the greatest benefit that you could hope for.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Barb- I want to go back to something you said early in the show, and I think it's such an interesting thing in the world when certainly we're awake and alive, and we find that inspiration, that person, that we look back on and we think that was the beginning of my journey that really made a difference with my career and my ambition. And my foresight began with that inspiration or that person. And you mentioned your aunt, and I want to go back to know more about her and a little bit more about what um, her life was about just because I love knowing what inspired you and I think that person in each of our lives that we think about that really guided us in such a celebratory way is worth going back to and, and helping us know a little bit more about her. Well,
2: I think there's always many people that are, you know, mentors and inspiration points in in our lives. I mean, she was an early one for me because she was, you know, somewhat of a rebel and she was non-traditional so you know, the idea that she didn't take any you know allopathic medicine um, was really interesting, right? At a, at a time you know in the 60s and, and 70s when you know that that just wasn't done. Um, so. You know, I think that was really interesting, and and the fact that she also, you know, loved had an openness to uh, natural therapies and 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 seeing um, spas and homeopaths and herbalists as um, uh, people that spread good wisdom. Of those traditional healing practices, and clearly they had an effect on her because she lived to 93. Um, Mm. But I've also been fortunate to have, you know, uh, many, many mentors in in my life. Um, You know, another one is uh, Dr. Lodog, who um, is uh, an MD and herbalist who's uh, been part of uh, Dr. Andrew Wiles Wellness Center in Arizona, Integrative Medicine Institute in Arizona. And she, to me is, is so inspirational because she combines uh, the wisdom of Native American uh, traditional healing practices of herbal medicine with her knowledge as an MD. And she's courageous in speaking out on the behalf of that traditional practice of herbal medicine. And I, I think that's, that's been really great to empower uh, all of the women who have been healers uh, throughout time. And then there's, you know, the the, the the people that come into your life when I was doing social work, um, one of my first bosses was um, just such a no-nonsense no woman who um, just had some great um, pillars of, of truth that I learned about, about being authentic and, and later on having a brand that was authentic, you know, she, one of hers was, you know, do what, do what you say, uh, you do, you know, follow through with that, which sounds simple, but it's really important that what you set out to, to do that you really accomplish. Uh, another one over hers was everyone has a story, you know, that, that there's there's a story behind all of us, and it's find a way to be kind and, and find a way to help, you know, lift other people's moods, right? So it's having that awareness and, and that gratitude of what all the people around the table bring to achieve a better result
1: well it's interesting because when you started off and spoke about social work I was thinking what a great seed that was for um, the, the world you've now created with your um, business because I do think the empathy and the compassion and yeah. the act of listening is imperative if you're going to be helping people and guiding people and really giving them information that could be the difference between a healthy, healed life and one that is not. So I mm-hmm. think that does become a very clear beginning in this work that you do that would be a big part of, of how it feels good to the consumer and anyone that meets you. I mean, you're that kind of person. For anyone listening, if you ever meet Barb, she's that person that you just want whatever she's having.
2: <laughs> she She is. It's true.
1: You're it's too true. funny. It's like I'll have whatever she's having. So, um, but I do believe that the inspiration we all gain through just meeting people and being open to what they may show us. And whether it's your aunt or did you say Low Dog was the doctor's mm-hmm. name? Doctor Low Dog, yeah. I love that name. That's such a yeah. great name. Um Wherever it is we find that inspiration, it's important, I think, and, and part of why I created this show was just to give people free information that is coming from someone who's really put in the time in their particular field and that I am personally inspired by. And so mm-hmm. what I remember, I was reflecting back to when I first met you and you you inspired me in a way that... As we have often talked about and laughed about, um, Barbara came into my exercise studio that I was running oh, in New I York City.
2: Oh, I love you're going to tell this story. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it was so good because you were, you were like, hey, you know, um, I'm a massage therapist. Here are some cards. If you ever want a massage, I'd love to go mm-hmm. and, you know, offer you a free one and let you experience what I do. And I was like, no, 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 no. I have a masseuse. Thank you, bye. But I took the (laughs) cards. (laughs) And the cards later, I was like, Laura, that was so... N- not mindful and, you know, you 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 need to, like, just look at the card, maybe call her. You know, you can still go to someone other than the one you go to. And I did. I called and I said, I'm so sorry. I would love to take you up on that free massage. Um, and needless to say, I never went back to any other masseuse at the time once I <laughs> felt what your hands do and how you really gave my body a treatment just through massage at that time that was just Transformative. So, you've inspired yeah. me, and then we also shared the difficulty of losing our mothers—really, really, 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 way too early.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that was another huge uh, sign in it for me in, in my healing path when I graduated from massage school in 1990. Or 89, whatever it was, I um, moved from Santa Fe back to Virginia because my mother was sick with lung cancer. She'd been a smoker all her life, and she was all of, I don't know, 59 years old when she was diagnosed. And um, helping her go navigate that world of chemotherapy and radiation and palliative care, um, it was horrifying because people it was not patient-focused at all. And so all of those side effects, which I'm sure you witnessed with your mother as well, that people go through and from, you know, radiation burns and nausea and pain and all of those good things, um, you know, really weren't addressed. So, you know, armed with, you know, herbal medicine and, and some massage techniques I used to work on her about every day and, and I got so much from that and, and it just made her anxiety level decrease and she felt so much better and it, for me it was a, a real wake up call about how important uh, wellness education is and how important uh, it is to help people on their path to well-being.
1: And, my God, I wish so much that it was part of the medical system, and it just isn't. So you have to seek out that sort of approach if you are needing more information or just alternative um, treatments that are going to really... But it's beginning
2: to shift, which is great. It really is beginning to shift. I think as the younger generation of MDs comes out, they, they have a much greater understanding of nutrition and how food uh, is medicine and they have a greater uh, uh, awareness, if not openness, to how um, natural therapies can work in conjunction. And that's really the bottom line. They have to work in conjunction. I mean, if I'm having a heart attack, you better believe that I want to get as quickly as I can to the hospital. But, you know, if I'm dealing with some sort of chronic uh, condition Uh, then, you know, natural therapies are really a wonderful way uh, and a a very multifaceted approach to work with that imbalance. Yeah, and
1: that's a great point is to be open to what the ailment is and then what is the best option plan. But I do think when someone is in a medical Catastrophic state that there is such value, and also having a healing approach um, that would have a more Eastern uh, bent, or just combining, as you put it, the the two ideas so that you can get the ultimate help.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, and we need it now more than ever. I mean, look how toxic stress is in our lives. I mean, just to. You know, some quick facts, like 75 to 90 percent of all physician office visits, Laura, are for stress related complaints from diabetes to heart disease to asthma, uh, or, or migraines. Um, it, I think I read a statistic the other day from the Center for Disease Control that 11%, 11% of Americans take antidepressant medication. That's a a 400% increase from the 1980s. And for women in their 40s, 50s, that number is 1 in 4. So we're not handling stress, you know, it's not a pretty picture, right? And I think what's interesting about wellness becoming mainstream right now is it's consumer driven. You know, what what I often see at our healing arts centers, people wander in and they, you know, they've got been diagnosed with eczema or irritable bowel or migraines or some type of chronic imbalance where there's no magic bullet for them. And so that's when they Start on the healing path and looking looking for different ways to uh, to work with their stress. So um, Dr. Lodog, my mentor, has this great phrase which I love, which is that which adapts thrives. That the way we need to work with stress is not to manage it. We're not going to, you know... We're not going to put it in a box. Like, I, I always push back when I see those images in spa magazines of people meditating out in the middle of the mountain. You know, I don't know about you, but my life doesn't work like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's how we adapt to stress and how we stay fluid and flexible. And I really liken it to the way we see how high intensity interval training now is becoming so popular, and those benefits are superior to then going for a three mile run because they force the body to adapt. And I think we need to look at stress this way. This adaptive stress response is is very powerful and creating that fluidity in terms of how we react to stress is very, very important. And why do
1: you think stress is at an all time high?
2: The digital age. I mean, every time I get in an elevator here in New York, everybody's got their head bent down and they're flicking through Instagram or their Facebook page. We're always connected, right? People don't turn off. So if you're not turning off, wow, your adrenal glands are just firing all the time. And that's going to lead to a variety of different imbalances and outcomes.
1: The thing that I can't figure out how to, um, I have such a desire to do something about people who walk their dogs with their phones, um, because <laughs> often I see this dog just looking up at the owner like, I thought we were going to go on a walk.
0: <laughs> I mean, right. and, and
1: you, you see people walking their dogs or, or pushing a baby carriage and their nose is on their iPhone and then their left hand will have a leash, you know, out here somewhere with this animal on the end of it or a child in a car- there is no connection to what's really happening and it's yep. terrifying it's it's absolutely terrifying to me so yes yeah. the di- the digital age and one thing i adapted years ago as mm-hmm. a practice that i highly recommend to mm-hmm. listeners is turn the phone off when you go to bed and take it out of the bedroom because studies yeah. have shown that even if it's turned off in the bedroom, the brain waves will be communicating with it. So yeah. put it in a different room and turn it off. And even yeah. st- I've been turning off as early as I can when my work day is done just yeah. to get a few hours before sleep without it. So yeah, create absolutely. practices.
2: Yeah, and I like to do like a media fast all weekend, you know, or Mm. just to really disconnect. I mean, that's a a great, talk about having the perfect spa day, is doing, you know, a silent retreat. So cover all the clocks in your apartment or your home, turn off all your digital stuff, and just wake up when it's light. Eat when you're hungry, right? Mm. You'll notice how different your relationship to time is, how much more mindful you are and how much longer the day will seem because you're you're not looking to external cues to prompt you.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that idea. And I really enjoy the thought of doing that weekend off. That's really yeah. great. Um, yeah. Barb, before we have to go, I could talk to you like for 10 more hours. But before, <laughs> before we when have to go. are you coming to, go, to New York? <laughs> I know, I know. I need to talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, but but tell our listeners how to find you because the show airs internationally, and I want everyone to know exactly how to find you, how to find your products, uh, maybe do a consultation if they have issues they're trying to get some help for, and then where to visit your centers and social media. So hit it, girl. Where can people learn more? Okay,
2: well we have two healing arts centers, one in uh, East Hampton, New York, at, uh, way out on the end of Long Island, and our second center is in Manhattan and Chelsea, or on 20, West 26th Street between 6th and 7th. And then our product line are featured at uh, luxury and destination resorts throughout uh, North America, US, Canada, and Mexico. Um, and you can find them by visiting our website which is naturopathica.com, and we're also on Instagram as well. Should I spell naturopathica since that's kind of a tongue twister? You read my mind, please. (laughs) Okay, it's naturopathica.com, like naturopathic medicine with an A on the end. And probably many
1: people have seen your products because they're notably beautiful. They're blue. They're in these bottles. And once you see Barbara's line, and it's worth it to go on the web and look it up right now because you'll you know, oh, those are those. That's the line. It's this beautiful visual navy blue that is um very uh alluring i love the color of your products oh, thank
2: you well we actually just with the opening of chelsea launched about 50 new SKUs, which almost made me jump out the window but we now have these beautiful milk glass bottles that the tinctures uh come in uh mm-hmm. as well and our teas and essential oils are in different packaging so you'll have to check those out laura
1: Oh, I can't wait to see, and everybody can go on the web and see with me. Um, and I want to thank you, my dear friend, and one of my inspirations, Barbara Close. I, I really feel that you bring the tagline of this show home and really help others do the same, and that is that you complete you. Thank you, Barb. Thanks,
2: Laura. I so enjoyed this. See you soon, I hope.
1: Me too. Yes, let's make
0: that happen. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. Please join us live again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be you and feel great in your own skin.